The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. Don't call it a comeback. I am indeed, indeed. I am your host, Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. Oh, there it is. All right. Okay, restream putting in stats for the nerds. Gotcha. And on sound effects, and who you have just heard is none other than our man. He's back, folks. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter, Instagram, and threads. What's up, everybody? Co-hosting from the Borough of Kings. Straight up Brooklyn in the house. Representing Big Brooklyn in the house. Without a doubt. Oh, yeah. What's up, everybody? Indeed. And uh, we will get into later about uh, the goings-on of uh, Agent 70 a little later in the show. Uh, but I'm sure that will... Well, if that wasn't apparent by what I said last week, then hey, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, you can find this here podcast on the coast of the podcast network at CSPN.us. Do it today! Uh, you can also find this on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, okay, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the course of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and uh, leave us all the positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. Yes. Uh, you could also find us streaming. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, we're streaming on the Thursday, like we normally would, like we quote-unquote normally would. But uh, this is going to be... Yeah, that there's going to be some changes in that in the next month or two, but yep. not surprising because because holiday and other things. Right. Uh, I was about to say movie protocol life. <laughs> we are we are here though on a regular Thursday. Indeed, and you could find us on those regular Thursdays and in other times on the YouTube channel of the where we were recording live on youtubecom Nation and twitchtv chronicles. Again, please click like, subscribe. Leave us all the positive reviews and hit the notification button so that you will know when we are on live and broadcasting. So as we are recording on a Thursday night, and in fact, if we, well, if we had recorded when at the normal time that we normally would have, we would have been in the middle of this week's uh, recording in the middle of this week's Loki which we're a little late because I thought we were going to watch it first, which is probably just as well because it was an hour. It's on pretty much a damn near hour long uh, episode uh, of which I did watch like half of it. Uh, was. So now I can go back and actually 
watch it and not do two and three other things. Right. So we're right. not necessarily going to talk about that this week. Right. Um, but right. And we have a full enough show without it. So, you know, we can, you know, next week, uh, I, you know, we were just talking about next week's schedule. Um, uh, I think next week will be a normal week. Right. Yes. Yeah. Next yes. week will be a normal week. So, you know, we'll see what we can't do about possibly uh, uh, squeezing in two episodes of Loki talk next week. We'll see. We'll see yeah. if we can get if we can get myself and Roddy Cat uh, able to watch next week's episode of Loki in time for recording. Right. Um, yeah, this one, the, the the fact that this one was an hour, which actually might be indicative of uh, maybe they're because sometimes they've done this. It's like, hey, they start out kind of short, like uh, WandaVision kind of did. It's like, hey, they started out kind of short shows and then ended up going up in length as time went by. But that was also a nine episode show and this is only six. So I suspect, and we're already at the halfway point, so I suspect mm-hmm. they may possibly be creeping up towards them or not even creeping they're probably going to keep them closer to 50 minutes uh than not in these last couple but we shall see if that right. is going to be the case um there's definitely some things that uh, happen in, in this one i can safely say <laughs> mm-hmm. without going into it uh so what we are actually going to do is run straight on into, and I didn't get a chance to watch um, um, Lower Decks uh, yet, so but that's a whole other thing. Um, but we're going to get into the books, starting off with Avengers Inc. number two. Avengers Inc. number two is written by Al Ewing with art by Leonard Kirk, colors by Alex Sinclair, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. This issue picks up right where we left off at the end of Avengers Inc. number one with some uh, interest with an in- well, maybe not necessarily where we left off, but with an interesting question in the air that's still kind of left, you know, unanswered, but at least partially addressed. And at least we get the first uh, steps towards addressing this particular question, which is why there is. Uh, someone running around in an alter ego of vision in the body of whirlwind, which is just wild to say. Right. <laughs> That's but just such a wild concept. It is, which is one of the hooks of, of this thing. Cause you know, they're going to tease that out a little while. This is one of those times where I'm promise you they, they, we might know the answer to that by the end of this arc, I suspect, but you know, this is one of those uh, times where it's teasing out is not a bad thing as opposed to going 25 26 issues you yeah know, like yeah. some people <laughs> say boils uh <laughs> shots fired you know shots fired oh but, boy but it actually continues to be interesting in the what with what they do and they don't do with this because basically um Al, you is treating us just like any other, or not any other, treating us just like a mystery, just like it, just like promise. Like, hey, this is a mystery show uh, or a mystery uh, book, anywhere right. a thing happens, you you just happen to find the people investigating on or on the case or near, just so happen to be, just happen to run into the case. In this case, um, is at Avengers Mansion, which is uh, had been turned into a theme hotel for. Which I totally forgot that was, I think, that was uh, the Human Torch's idea. I did not remember that that was the Human Torch's idea. 
like I remember when he, he had mentioned it, but also remember, forgot that it happened because I think he had had a bunch of money. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, this, you know, he's doing some things. And this, mm-hmm. I think that was one of them. So I was like, so why didn't one of the adventures do that? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. right. Like, why didn't Tony do that? It was his house originally anyway. So, yeah. but anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. Um, and we find um, uh, Janet Van Dyne and this new Victor Shade here for a reason and that reason happens to be meeting the the real victor shade as yes the og it. victor shade exactly and the folks may or may not know that is the vision who went under that name for a length of time uh who um i guess rightly so none too please yeah yeah <laughs> he's pretty annoyed he's pretty annoyed and what's funny is that there is you know, a, a pretty logical explanation to the to to the murder mystery, as it were, that popped up. Um, you know, in you know at the end of issue one and throughout issue two. So I I got a kick out of how Al Ewing compo- composed that particular threat, and you know wove it into the continuity because there's a reason for it. There's a perfect explanation for it. Yep, yep. And even, you know, going through this issue and going into the next issue, even though we don't, we see, um, we, we see um, uh, some folks that are coming to, we see the next case uh, that's going to come into play from the end of this issue, which uh, I'm going to be, again, interested to see. Because mm-hmm. we got a, um, we got a, um, uh, we, we got an OG uh, coming, coming back into play for for a, for, a, for a second. Right. For a hot second. So uh, that'll be interesting to see. Right. And whatever, what happens with that. Although I, part of me with not, not trying to speculate on what's, uh, what may be tying this whole thing together. I was like, they wouldn't do that because the end of the book kind of had me thinking, I was like, but oh, wait, this is the thing that's happening. And then this is the thing we're, we're dealing with right now. And they kind of tease, um, Tease the clues to, I guess, something that we saw um, at the end of the last issue, but they didn't necessarily bring it back up. But I was like, I wonder if that has something to do with the that part of the mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know that sounds vague as hell, but you know what? It's a good book. Just check it out. Yeah, I have to say. So far, things have been uh, doing great. It's Al Ewing, so you kind of. At least, I think we have a kind of a model of a kind of expectation. It's going to be entertaining at the very least. At the least, and, yeah. And that is still holding to be the case. So yeah. it did also make me think of like, okay, this is not quite Thor's, mm-hmm. but in its own right, it's kind of similar and still good. Which I was telling Agent Seventy before the show I was like, yeah, maybe this is saying something about me and procedurals. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. I mean, listen and shows. Listen. It, it you know this issue was a lot of fun. It's definitely a candidate for click of the week. Yep. Um, I have to say though, my jaw dropped at the cliffhanger page, the meanwhile page, because that mm-hmm. it's, that hit me in the feels. Mm-hmm. Because as an old school as an old school Simonson Thor fan, mm-hmm. right, and this actually ties into something. Uh, to to something I did and got signed at New York Comic Con this year, hmm, right? And it's right. part. It'll be part of what we talk about later. 
but let's just say the 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 story of the god that held the bridge at Gyalurbru <laughs> means a lot yeah. to me, right? It means a lot to me personally. And when and I, I guess, saw this page, you what's that? And a certain part of the MCU, I guess. If you yeah, if you but that's not the best adaptation of it. I know, that's I it's know, not. It pales. But the point being. <laughs> The point being, that's probably like the part of uh, Ragnarok that I was least happy with, right? But ultimately, you know, like when I saw this page, my jaw dropped and I was just like, Uncle Walt, did you see this? Did you see this? Uncle Walt, did you see this? You know? So, but it's such a cool thing, man. It's such a cool thing that like, you know, there's a certain vintage of creator that, you know, that that holds those those stories in high regard. Like, Al Ewing, like Jason Aaron. Like when I talked to Jason Aaron and I showed him some of the stuff I got uh, Walt Simonson to sign, he smiled. He was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? I saw a picture of, uh, speaking of New York, I think I saw a picture of somebody uh, with uh, Al Ewing. I think think that's who it was. And I don't think I've ever seen him before. I met Al Ewing. Al Ewing wasn't at New York. He might have been at he was no he he wasn't signing he was I think at a New York at a Marvel panel, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't in Artist Alley, so I missed him if he was doing any sort of Marvel panel signing. Right. So and I guess I just looked him up. I was like, well, I could have just looked him up. Yeah, because it's it's definitely that dude. Yeah, he was definitely yeah, yeah. He is definitely not related. He you know at least not visually related to Eve Elwing. No, I don't think, yeah. <laughs> name, so I don't think that's the case. It'd be, it'd be right. funny if, if, if that were the case, though. Right, uh, right. But in any event, as you said, you know, like, uh, I think I did see that he was at a, a Marvel panel mm-hmm. on Thursday or Friday, but I, but he was not in Artist Alley. Right. I saw, like I said, I saw somebody, I saw, you know, pictures been flying fast and free, obviously, and somebody uh, had a picture of... Yeah, you know, I can't remember. I can't remember if it was him and them or him and somebody else. But it was, yeah. but I was like, I've never seen him before. Yeah. That's crazy. Listen, you know, I was about to say, you know, who was incredibly hard to meet? Who had lines around the aisles all weekend? And I'll talk about this again. Is Chip Zdarsky? I guess that's not surprising. I guess given his his Daredevil run was fairly popular, and his, his Daredevil, Batman, Sex but, Criminals, Batman. Well, yeah, the sex criminals. Yeah, I guess there's there are still fans of sex criminals. I know I was, but yeah, uh, yeah, I guess that's true. But I figured it would be more for his more more recent stuff than than that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but, and they uh, just announced. Oh, yeah, I was about to say, on, did you uh, get a new story about uh, announcement for his new book, Zadarsky? Uh, I might have. If it's not in this week, I might have talked about it last week. Oh, okay. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. All right. All right. All right. Well, in any event, so we can move on to the next book. We thought we were like kind of intermingling our New York uh, Comic Con. Wait, if you're talking about the Avengers thing, I think that had been a, a thing. Yeah, the uh, the future or... Avengers thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do have something on that, and yeah, we had talked about that one before uh, previously, anyway, when that got announced. But yeah, I got something on that. All right, cool. So, cool. Anyway, but uh, I was gonna say, my last thing on Al Ewing is like, yeah, he kind of looks like a young Rick Ross. <laughs> <laughs> If you, if those of you, you know, of a certain vintage who knows your rap history, then you, you probably know who that is. But um, Rick Rubin, not Rick Ross. Sorry. Yeah, I was about to say. I'm like, I don't know about Rick Ross. No, 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 no. Rick Rubin, excuse me. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say. I had to check myself. I'm like, wait a minute. No. I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've met Al. You. I met him. I, and I've told this story before. I met him at New York Comic Con when 
it was still early in the Immortal Hulk run, and there was no one in front of him, not a soul. I literally walked right up to him. I said, hey, man, I'm a huge fan of what's happening in this right now. So, you know. All right, moving on. Uh, as President Bartlett would ask. What's next? Actually, what was the next book? Uh, Invincible Iron Man number 11 is the next book. All righty. So Invincible Iron Man number 11 is written by Jerry Duggan. With art by Andrea DeVito, with colors by Brian Valenza, and letters by our by our favorite, favorite letter in Paisan, who I did see at New York Comic Con, but did not uh, have anything to, ha- to, to have him sign. VC's Joe Caramagna. So uh, we are, again, kind of in the, uh, you know, Fall of X stuff where Iron Man is kind of tangentially uh you know acting you know with you know uh with the aid of emma frost and it is you know it's interesting that uh the 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 element that is that was introduced in uh hoxpox may prove to be an iron man tool Mm -hmm. you know which I, you know what? At this point, I'm like, I'm not surprised by this. You know, like granted, given given his closest to what's going on in the next corner now, uh, to, uh, you know, I guess that's not the biggest surprise. But at some point, you kind of figure, even if what's going on in the next corner is going on now, wasn't going on, you figured he would have found a way to to uh, procure that right. item or some of that item because he usually does, you know. Right. Somehow, somehow, most people or most people that can get stuff can seem to get stuff in the Marvel universe. Right. One way, shape, or form. That's how Adamantium got out there, all kind of willy and nilly at, at one point in time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That that's a good comparison because it started out very rare, and then all of a sudden it was everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, not surprised he would have gotten his hands on on some of the stuff and. Uh, uh, at some point. By the way, uh, I can't seem to find the original, the the the, the A cover, so I'm using the Tak Miyazawa variant. There uh, it is. There it is. You know what I was going to add in the next issue teaser? It's funny that Duggan is is going to bring back uh, Riri Williams, and yeah. they're still going to touch on her current status as being the current holder of the Ten Rings of the Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not the and not the Shang Chi uh, ten rings, but rather the old school ten rings. (laughs) Yes, I'm going to say the actual ten rings. (laughs) (laughs) A pale comparison, as 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 Vision said in Avengers Inc. Accept no substitutes. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But yeah, this was a good issue. You, you, uh, I think we had saw we had talked about an article, or I might have talked about. No, I think you were here when I talked about the article where there's like, yeah, it's uh, where they're going on. Jerry Duggan mentioned where they were going on honeymoon, and this is pretty much that before it gets into mm-hmm. bulk of the issue, which is a, a work trip to uh, Krakor to find a thing. Right. So, uh, but yeah, this was a pretty good issue. Also, um, there was a. I, I I don't think this was an MCU thing, but I can't help couldn't help but notice the the glasses that um, Hazel slash Emma was using felt like a a, a reference to uh, the Iron Man glasses. Uh, oh, the yeah! I didn't even think of that. Yeah, it, it's 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 kind of a thing. Now I was like, you know what? It, it 
might not have been the case, but it's like you can't. Right, because yeah, because they were because they're not like exactly but yeah, I get it. Right. Because they're yeah, round. They're, they're right, exactly. Long. They're not round, they're not square. Yeah. Right. These are pretty much lokes. Uh but <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, but yeah, good stuff. Um Oh, so I don't know. Just one last question before we move on. Did the 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 um the hindrance that Tony runs into while he was on Krakoa, did that remind you of did did you think of um uh a, a former Avengers associate? Yeah, the dude that was in um uh the the former security uh head of security for um Avengers Mountain. Right, yeah, I didn't want to say his name just in case that you know, just spoiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that's. I was like, wait, but that's not him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I initially thought that was him. I'm like, he went bad again. Right, that exact. That was like my exact thought as well. But well, what the hell? Yeah. But then there would have been a little bit more formality going on there. So exactly, anyway. like I kept reading. I'm like, oh, that that can't be. It's just apparently an Orcus, uh, an Orcus uh, experiment. Right. <laughs> Which with the PhD apparently. Yeah. Uh, um, and last but not least, the, between the two of us, which actually, you know what? I'm seeing some books that I don't think I um, well, sensational. Wanted to read? Yeah, no, no, no. I'm talking about something oh. on during the covers that uh, I meant to read. But in sensational She-Hulk, yes, is the last book between us. Yeah, sensational She-Hulk number one is written by Rainbow Rowell with art by Andre Genolet. Colors by D. Cuniff and letters again by our favorite lettering Paisan, VC's Joe Caramagna. I made a joke about this just prior to the show. We are literally picking up right where we left off in the last volume of of She-Hulk with essentially the same creative team, which is great. You know, so, right. It's the same story, you know, like picking up you know, essentially where you, where we left off. So if you are kind of grasping at straws to try to figure out where we are, you may want to go back to the previous She-Hulk volume and read that. I recommend it. I think Roddy Cat recommends it. You should go back and Mm -hmm. read it. This issue really starts off kind of with like a, an interesting bang because I, I guess what I didn't realize at the end of the last arc was that, Jack of Hearts at a certain power level is able to do something where he and you know is able to 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 hold a um a power level where he can you know interact with She-Hulk Jennifer Walters as opposed right. to you know when he's not powered up and I didn't necessarily realize that was one of the big reveals from the last volume so I appreciated that being made very clear up front in this issue. So I'm going to say I don't think that was because in, during the course of that volume, he was not. In fact, during the later path of that, that's when he kind of came back into his, I guess, quote, unquote, original power set. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, with caveats. So I don't think that was a thing. Or it was obvious was- at the end of it, right? Right until this, right? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Right, so that's what I thought. I was glad that they they were very uh, transparent about it. Like, all right, so this is the situation now, right? You know, I'm glad that Rainbow Roll did it here. And I was thinking, oh, you know what? Did I miss something at the end of the last volume? That's what I was kind of thinking. Right, yeah, because I don't, I don't, I don't think they made that 
that clear during that. Because, like I said, for a good time, he wasn't he was nowhere near this. Right. So they're kind of been giving him a a limit to his powers in a way. Right. He always had a limit because he always had to discharge. Right. He wasn't right. like, an, and he's not Captain Marvel, where right. it's almost limitless what he can absorb. So right. But I guess they're basically saying that they're they're pretty much putting this like reminding folks that hey yeah here's the thing and now that he has it in some sort of control and right. X Y and Z now that this can happen right so so yeah that's good but uh, but yeah we we get um, so we get uh, their goings on we get uh, we get to go back to work with again that whole Mallory awesome Andy thing is still kind of weird to me but it's like oh it's kind of cute. Um, so we basically just spend this whole issue playing catch up with, uh, with the last volume or, or the current goings on with, uh, what's, what's going on because like punch club is back. Um, you know, with, which, and that was kind of a funny part, uh, right there because of, uh, and I said in my notes, it's like, yeah, I was, I was not surprised by this character showing up during one of these in relation to the character that was already there. So it was only a matter of time and booyah. Of course. Of course. So, which led to some, uh, um, a couple of amusing interactions, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I found, I, one thing I found funny was there's a, a, a legal interaction where, you know, a consultation between like two deviant characters i just I, I couldn't help but laugh during that whole sequence as a, as an attorney as a practicing attorney who used to do real estate stuff and i just i i was just i, I couldn't help but laugh i was like oh god roll you're killing me with this and it's devious that we haven't seen in a minute like this is a, like, the, i this would i would qualify these folks one of them i didn't know about but the one of them i did like i don't remember this other one but uh the the, the main one that was doing most of the talking was like, oh yeah, I remember this dude, but it was a, that was a deep cut. Sure, <laughs> sure. So and what they got into, and then there was a um, at the end of it, there was a because uh, actually I didn't know this uh, issue was slightly bigger than uh, a normal issue, um, which gave us a backup story, uh, which had uh, which was kind of amusing, which had Jen uh, kind of fostering a shadow, but apparently she was kind of wrong about which shadow she that she was uh, that she was. Uh, uh, helping out, right? Which led to uh, uh, some uh, uh, an amusing thing. Now I don't know if that's going to lead into anything or not. I doubt it. Right, there. I doubt it. I think that was just kind of like a not a filler, but it was like a, something to add on to the value of a number one issue. Right, and I think matter of fact, I believe this is a legacy issue. So those those are those are a significant legacy issue, I should say. Oh, to work. Added a bigger than issue because I just thought. Wait, did uh, was it on the cover? Uh, I thought it was. Take a look. I don't even see the legacy number on there, but I could have sworn it was a legacy. It was like eight seventy five. I was not kidding. No, that can't be. I was going to say that's high. Yeah, no, but but I'm thinking it was like a a something like a like a like a rounder number. I gotcha. I think seventy five was in the in the but yeah. Um No, it's it's legacy one seven nine. It's the bottom right. Oh, okay. I thought it was something significant. Right. I I, I just think it was just a uh a, a, a number one. And you know what's funny? Wait, did you mention that the bonus story was written by Jessica Gao? The oh, show no, no, the not. showrunner of the Disney Plus series. Correct. 
That's what's special about that. Right. I was like, okay, so so you know. Which which was a, it was a nice little, little neat little. No, it was ball. a nice addition. It was definitely a nice addition. So, <clears throat> you know, I got a kick out of it because at the end of the day, you know, what she's saying is what every hero should be doing and what every DC hero and DC movies doesn't do. Hurt them, don't kill them. You know, be aware of the property damage that you cause, right? Like, <laughs> I laughed. I was like, oh, this is a shots fired. You know, like, there's some more shots fired, you know? I mean, there's some early Marvel movies that was that, that well, you know, early to mid Marvel movies that was, wasn't uh, doing that either. So, but, right. Yes. Until, right. Until the Avengers, right? Right. Until the, Aven- the Avengers, like, oh, we got to help the people, you know? <clears throat> so. Right. So it was like, yeah, that was that was a nice little touch. Uh, it was mm-hmm. so good read all the way around. So it's just, uh, it's good definitely. to have uh, the J Giantess back. Definitely, definitely, definitely. All right, so I think we can get into rapid fire reviews now. Absolutely. I ain't got time to bleed. All righty. First up, uh, for me is Daredevil number two. It's written by Saladin Ahmed with art by Aaron Cooter. Colors by Jesus Bertov and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. So this is a candidate for a click of the week for me. You know, Daredevil often is, especially if if, if the story is well written. Ahmed is in the very early stages of establishing what he's looking to do with the new status quo that Matt Murdock is M- Matt Murdock is living in. And trust me, Reading this off the heels of an excellent issue number one is great. It's a lot of fun. Um, you know, I'm not going to spoil too much of what happens here, but I will say that we do get a lot more Daredevil, OG Daredevil in this issue. It's just really well written, folks. I definitely uh, can't recommend this enough. Uh, Aaron Cooter's art is excellent, and I will say that I messed up a little bit when i went to new york comic-con i did not get aaron cooter signature on daredevil number one because i honestly kind of i blanked that he that he drew the book and i walked past him you know i greeted him gave him a fist bump but i had daredevil number one in my hand and forgot to get him to sign it so it was pretty silly Next up is Incredible Hulk number five. It's written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with art by Travel Foreman, colors by Matthew Wilson, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. Believe it or not, this is actually a a dark horse candidate for Click of the Week for me because, you know, in honor of spooky season, right, Incredible Hulk is all, you know, that's where Incredible Hulk is looking to go. Right. That's where Philip Kennedy Johnson is looking to take the title into like more of the horror aspects, kind of taking it back to the immortal Hulk um, uh, 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 style. And, you know, Man Thing is in here. There's a, you know, there's a supernatural beings and creatures and magic and, 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 and whatnot here. It's not, it's easy to explain, but I, but if I do explain it, it will be spoiling it. I think it's worth a read. Take a look at Incredible Hulk number five. Um, it's a potential click of the week for me. Question Next, before you move on. Shoot. Because uh, does this happen to maybe tie into uh, She-Hulk because of 
Uh, no, not directly, but I understand because in Sensational She-Hulk, there is a cameo appearance by one Jade Giant, not Giantess, but he it is the Jade Giant guest starring in or cameoing in the Jade Giantess's book. <laughs> yes. Okay. So ultimately, uh, maybe not a direct tie-in, but it's the same look, right? It's the current look. It's not like a, a, a an older, uh, you know, uh, pre-current, you know, like, like, uh, it's not a, a previous run, let's say, right? That is the current, uh, look of the Hulk. Next is ding, 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 ding. Uh, as we both check to see what that is. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Um, uh, let's see here. Next up is Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong number one of six. It's written by Brian Buccellato with art by Christian, Christian Duce, colors by Luis Guerrero, and letters by Richard Starkings and Comic Crafts' Jimmy Betancourt. Yeah, you're not going to get a lot of story here. You're going to get a lot of DC slash Super Friends slash Legion of Doom slash legendary versions, the legendary uh, movie versions of Godzilla and Kong and contriving a reason for them to come together. And that's what we have here. It's nice to look at, though, because the art by Christian Duce is pretty good. Last but not least for me is Nightwing number 107. It's written by Tom Taylor with art by Stephen Byrne, colors by Adriano Lucas and letters by Wes Abbott. Uh, just shout out to Titans this week. I did not have an opportunity enough time to read it, um, but uh, I I I want to catch up on that. Uh, Nightwing number one hundred seven. Listen, Taylor is telling you know excellent stories with Nightwing, and he's winding. He's he's bringing in a lot of the the lore and the continuity that has been in the pages of Nightwing for many years now, including the whole Rick Taylor. You know the the whole. Um, uh, I, I forgot the, uh, the his full uh, uh, name when he was shot in the head after you know by KG after he was shot in the head by KG Beast, but you know all that stuff is coming back, and you know they're filling in a lot of gaps and it's a lot of fun to read. So uh, Nightwing number one hundred seven is you know it's actually not a bad place to jump on. It's a little dense if you are jumping on for the very first time, but it might actually entice you to go back and look up some of the previous issues because there's a lot to read here. So, and that's it for me. Cool. As I tried to get, of course he reads a book that I don't ever get. <laughs> What's that? Uh, no, it was the, the, Oh, the PCN underscore dirt. You mean, I gotcha. <laughs> of course he does. Of course he does. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. As I go on to my books with Miles Morales, uh, Spider-Man number 11, uh, which I'm now caught up on, thankfully. Which, you know, it's kind of one of those things. It's like, hey, you know, that whole carnage stupidity thing, whatever, was that, that led into the book. I wasn't reading that. Neither was Agent 7, I'm fairly certain. So it was like, all right. So usually stuff like this is kind of gets you off of the book for a second. And then when it comes back, something, something, <laughs> something happens where either you forget to go about or keep going on the book or something happens in that section. It was like, wait, that's might be kind of important. 
Right. So that being said, yeah, kind of, kind of, yes, kind of, no. But uh, this book is written by Cody Ziegler with uh, art by Federica Manchin, Manson and color artist Brian Valenza. Um, and did I really not get a letter for this book? Um, I'm going to say it's probably a VC, uh, someone from VC. Oh, it's a Marvel book, yeah. Yes, it is. So, but I don't, uh, for some strange reason, I do not have that as I looked that up. We're looking up Miles, right? Yeah. All right, give me one or, second. I'll, look it up what I'll talk about. I'll, yes, exactly. I will look it up. You go ahead. Thank you very much. So, there's, this is another particular click of the week uh, for myself. Um, basically, hey, guess what, folks? This is almost Halloween time, so it is a Halloween-themed uh, story where we have a... Um, Team up between Blade Bloodline, which is his daughter, if you did not know, uh, Brielle, uh, and uh, one Miles Morales Spider-Man, because there are, ladies and gentlemen, vampires in Brooklyn. Oh, goodness gracious. And no Eddie Murphy. And no Eddie Murphy. Exactly. So, but it was a good, but it was a, a pretty good issue, which I, I guess, which is going to um, bleed into the, no pun intended, into the next issue um, uh, the, uh, because of what happens at the end. I don't he know. He said bleed part. into. Just going to let that go through there. Um, uh, Agent 70 and I were joking because he said he, while well, he did not read the book, he skimmed through it. And uh, I will just say that Miles has another um, Marvel Legends figure on uh, on his plate. Yes, a potential one at least. <laughs> yes, due to um, uh, something that happens in this book. So, which actually, you know, give him fits. Now, this one is not a bad one. I could also say that if they had Miles in. The Midnight Suns video game, of which Blade is also in, that could have been a fit for him there, but I don't think Miles is in it. I'm fairly certain Miles is not in that um, not that game. Peter is definitely, but not Miles. So, like I said, <clears throat> uh, that team up's going on, and uh, it was a pretty good, uh, it was a pretty fun issue. Sure. Like, none of the stuff from the fast past, what, four or five issues? Maybe one issue kind of kind of touches on here, but no, not what really. Actually, well, no, this is the this is the second issue of the story arc. So, you know, we're only picking up on one issue where Blade kind of comes in. But, yeah, there are elements here that are leaking in from previous stories. And I right, will add – right. I will add to Roddy Cat's quickie uh, review is that – you know who we forgot? The last person you should forget. Our favorite lettering Python. Oh, Joe Carmine. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. So I didn't want to say it because I figured he was doing all of the spider books, but I didn't want to assume that. Right. Carry on. But thank you. Um, Very welcome. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, if you're if you're not caught up with uh, 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 what's going on with uh, with Miles, I I won't go too far into it. But yeah, definitely the he has had uh, a a change in his powers uh, um, since that whole Carnage update and what happened with uh, with his house which is why he and his family is in a new spot. Um, and he's kind of feeling the pressure. He's been talking to uh, Stalling about it, but she was like, hey, no, you need to go somebody else. Which And, and I, part of me thought about it was like, well, why is he not getting Peter's help? And then I thought about it. Well, a similar situation happened, and we recent events kind of will tell you um, with Peter why that wasn't, why that was probably a bad idea. 
And I'm not talking to the current current stuff, like talking about our previous current stuff where Peter tried to mess with his spider sense. <laughs> I don't think he would be the best person to come through with that kind of stuff. But regardless, that all little of that kind of flows into this. But like I said, that's just a little catch up with uh, what's going on now. But like I said, the whole Blade and uh, Blade and Spidey Spider Man thing is kind of this and next issues a whole thing. And like Agent Seven said, just the second part of um, um, this arc. So, but pretty nice and breezy so far, I will say. Uh, next up um, is Scarlet Witch number nine. There we go. Uh, written the well. There's two stories in here. First one's written by the the main story is written by Steve Orlando. The backup story is written by Juan Ponce. Art on the first one is Lorenzo Tamada and Sarah Pacelli. Uh, the second one's art is uh, Iguara. Color artist on the first one is Frank uh, Williams. Second one is Triona Farrell. Um, and uh, letters on the whole thing is BC's Corey Pettit. So the the main story is um, uh, well, we pretty much get the weekend of life of Scarlet Witch. She's taking her clone daddy brother Joseph. Uh, along with her um, for reasons. And uh, that uh, ended up tying into this whole hex finder thing that has kind of been in the background of the, the book for, um, for the last couple of issues and which is now going to bring it to the forefront. What also brings it to the forefront was that I wish I still had the, the sound effect uh uh, up, but um, let's just say that uh, Akbar comes into play uh, near the end of this issue. And we also come to find out that Zelma and Darcy know each other, and, been, and one of them has been texting the other too much. So that's that right there is, is something I would care to see. Which actually brings us into the uh, backup story, which has to do with a student um, at Strange Academy, which of course Wanda does uh, kind of go in and lecture at it at times. Um, but it puts the focus on one student that I don't think we know, knew too much about before this. Because I don't recall ever seeing this, this person uh, show up in any of the, of, of the books. But the student kind of shows up in, the, in the, the main story for a hot second, but then gets, gets a backup story where she and Wanda kind of teams up and she kind of, I guess, kind of comes into her own. So I'm assuming she's going to play a bigger part, maybe with the Scarlet Witch at some point or at some point um, in the future. Um, but uh, for now, we'll see. Uh, the main story kind of had a few interesting references and deep cuts, such as, hey, you remember uh, Quicksilver's daughter, Luna? She shows up in this. Of course. You know, because Quicksilver also shows up in this, but there's a whole there's a there's a whole list of people which I won't go into that kind of show up in this. Like I haven't seen that that character in it's so long. That's crazy. So, including an alternate, um, uh, a parallel universe amalgamation of um, a character of two characters. One, I guess, both of which Agent Seventy likes and has a figure that he's going to show off of. Uh, show off next uh, or, or near the end of the show. Sure. So, yeah, but we'll talk about that then. But yeah, that was a good, pretty good issue. And like I said, that whole text, text finder thing is kind of coming to the forefront. 
Uh, let's see. What is next? Moon Knight number 28 is my next book. So this is um, going headlong into the death of Moon Knight, uh, which is going to happen, I think, in two issues or so. Uh, it's written by Jed McKay, art by Federico Sabatini, color artist Rachel Rosenberg. There. And letters by VCs Corey Pettit. So Moon Knight and crew go after the Black Spectre. And for, weirdly enough, this issue feels like The Raid, if you've ever uh, seen that movie. If you haven't seen that movie, you should if you're an action, uh, action fan, because it's a pretty good movie. I haven't seen The Raid 2 yet, but, you know, or, or The Raid Redemption. I think Raid 2 is Raid Either way, uh, The Raid is, is a pretty fucking good movie, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it. And part of this part of this movie, uh, book kind of has that feel, but not fully. Um and at the end of it, Zodiac is also making a move of his own, and uh, we'll see how that works out for him in the next issue, I am quite sure. They're definitely playing up the fact. It's kind of what when you go into, uh, when you see those shows where they're, you see a character kind of make a long speech or do a thing that's like, well, you know something's going to happen to this character. Like, if we didn't already know something was going to happen to Mark Spector, you would definitely know it um, reading this issue. So... Uh, and if you're not caught up on what's going on with that, I won't spoil it for you. I'm sure you will find out. Last book for myself is uh, Batman Superman World's Finest number 20. Um, as I try to find the cover here, there we go. Uh, it's written by Mark Wade, with art by Dan Mora, colors by Tamara Bonvillain, and letters by Steve Wands. So basically, um, Batman and Superman end up in the Kingdom Come uh, universe because they're trying to find Superman's old, um, previously unknown uh, uh, sidekick. And Flash ends up, uh, you know, tracking him down using a familiar tool in the, uh, the, uh, well, and excuse me, Batman and Superman end up using a familiar tool in the Flash's arsenal of gadgetry and goodetry. To, to to get to this new uh to this other place so um that's pretty much the, the, the gist of that and i would say shout out to get like like eight to seven said shout out to titans shout out to uh cyborg which i didn't get a chance to 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 check out but also shout out to uh green lantern war journal number two which i didn't get a chance to to, to check out which i very much wanted to and that folks uh, is the end of the books for me. I still got to say, I get a kick out of the idea that there's another comic out there that has a war journal title, right. but it's not the Punisher. <laughs> right. And so far I hadn't even played like, you know, what would, what you would consider the, that book would to be, but you know, Hey, what are you going to do? Yeah. Stewart, yeah, huh? yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do? Okay. So, clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. Uh, oh, so you got yours, or you need? A I have. Second? I have candidates. You know, I've already kind of talked about who my candidates are, but I think, um, I think I know who I'm going to pick. Obviously, my candidates are Avengers Inc. number two, Daredevil number two, and Incredible Hulk number five, with Sensational She Hulk number one, 
thrown in also. Um, oh, look at that. Uh, let's see. Um, do me a favor. Pass me the, the Skype link so I can pass it on. Oh, okay. Uh, thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, do you have your click? Um, I think, well, some of the ones you mentioned, like uh, She Hulk, uh, She Hulk, Mouse. Uh, and um, actually, adventure, uh, uh, Invincible Iron Man were definitely some good picks, but I think I'm going to go with uh, Avengers, uh, Avengers Inc. number two. That's a good choice, yeah. Uh, so there's my click right there. And yours was, I'm sorry, what was yours again? I haven't said it yet, but I have a bunch of candidates. Okay, well, while you're doing that, and we do have a, a guest online, but I'll get to him in a second, uh, we'll get to Dirt's click, which I guess is not necessarily a click, but something he read, which was Al Capone Vampire, number one, by um, uh, uh, um, American Mythology Comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, flavor text is, it's Al Capone, he's back, he's a vampire, and he's decided to take over Chicago again. This is one of those rare times where the title almost doesn't does really tell you everything you need to know. Um, yeah, and it pretty much goes on there from from there. So that's uh, the thing he said he read this week. Um, and we're going to just pull in. Oh yes, great. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, while Agent Seventy gets his uh, gets himself together on his click, let us. Um, Say hello to friend of the show, Matt Wayne ninety seven. Hey, hey guys! Long time no see. That's a that, that that's the joke. That's a joke. So I'm gonna go uh, say you know just to just to preempt a little bit uh, my click of the week because we we're just finishing up our comic reviews for the week. Matt, my click of the week is going to be Daredevil number two, but. There are some really good books out this week. Avengers Inc. number two, Incredible Hulk number five, and Sensational She-Hulk number one. But Daredevil, Daredevil number two takes the cake because I really like what Ahmed, uh, Aaron Cooter, Jesus Abertov, and Clinton Cowles are doing on this book right now. Yeah, great. Matt, have you had a first before we get into uh, why you're on the show? Have you been able to read anything? Because I know you're real busy. I'm 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 usually just about one week behind, so I'm, I haven't read this week's books, but I've read. I'm pretty caught up, but uh, you know, go, go, you know, hanging out with Agent Seventy at Comic Con, and mm. uh, and other things, yeah. uh, it does keep me pretty busy. But usually, I'm only I'm like a week, usually only a week or two behind. And look, I, I really thought Agent Seventy was was gonna, you know, put up uh, his. You know, he's a big Powerpuff Girls fan, so oh. I thought he was. Really excited about the IDW news. Oh, so I'm glad you bring that up because yes, we will be talking. I, I talked about that last week on the show, but I did bring it back up because I was because uh, I, I just like I told him, you know, if there's some stuff from uh, this week's or from last week's uh, stuff that I talked about that y'all wanted to talk about in relation to the con, which I will send you the link in a second. 
um, then yeah, we can talk about in the news section. Right. But I think what we'll do is kind of what we generally do when we recap our New York Comic Con experience is, you know, first talk about our experience on the floor at the con, some of it, who we saw and, you know, like our, you know, our experiences with the creative talent and, uh, and, and retailers. So Matt, if you want to just, you know, uh, give us some of your thoughts on that, you can, you can choose either one and I'll, uh, I'll, uh, piggyback off that. Sure. Sure. So, um, look, you know, and, you know, I apologize if I sound like a, uh, broken record here because, uh, agent 70 heard a lot of this, uh, from me, but, um, you know, it, it's really, you know, I, I think um, I, I definitely noticed a lot that the show felt more corporate, right? There were a lot more um, large exhibits and large kind of activations. And a lot of companies that haven't been there were there this year. Um, guys, can you hear me okay? Yes. Wait, great, great, great. Um, so, for example, the numerous Korean comic book companies were there with large activations. There were a lot of anime and manga brands that haven't been there or had smaller activations in the past with kind of huge displays, right? As remember, a lot of One Piece, a lot of Dragon Ball Z. And then, you know, I think um, there were, you know, eBay tripled their footprint i heard yeah, that last year and then i heard that larger this year yeah i heard that on the uh on the show floor on like the southernmost end of the show floor ebay like trip you know like as you said tripled in size interesting which you know which makes a lot of sense they're mm-hmm. you know leading you know collect collectors are their big customers and um you know i i think it makes a you know it makes a ton of sense for them um, and, you know, I, I think the only thing, the only negative about all that, right, is really exciting to see these big brands coming over there um, and new brands coming in and really bringing in kind of like a, a great diversity of fans. It's only squeezed out some of the traditional or longstanding kind of New York Comic Con vendors and right. exhibitors. I, even I noticed that because – you know, there there's a, a section. There there are kind of traditional sections for smaller vendors in on the show floor at New York Comic Con, where um, I think you know it would be easier to find like cosplay and costume stuff and cosplay and costume weaponry and accessories that wasn't there this year. There used to be you know uh, like very you know like a uh, a very large and very um, a diverse selection of booths and, and vendors to choose from that was not there this year. I think part of that is um, offset somewhat by, you know, interestingly enough, there were more better and diverse food selections on the floor of the show floor, on the periphery, this year more so than ever before. You know, we actually knew, or at least we had a friend who knew, um, all of those vendors. You know, Matt uh, uh, missed out on our um, our food exploration on Sunday. Hmm. I'll okay. tell I'll tell him okay. more about it off the off the air because he'll be jealous. 
Okay, so I have a question uh, in relation to something you just said, but now I got to know since you brought up the food thing. What so like what kind of stuff? Like like really diverse stuff, like a euro stand, like a uh, 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 like a bow stand, like a like a um, you know. Agent seventy, you knew you knew the bow stand. I know, yeah, but they weren't there last year. This is their first year. They were, they were, they were. I know the proprietor of the of exact. What's that? It started last year. Oh, they did start last year. Yeah, so I did notice it last year. Right. So I think so. So, but then that's but because it just started last year, I think this is a a continuing development. Then you okay. know them the bon so, me the, the were the bon me folks and the milk tea people there also last year. Matt, uh oh, I think Matt froze. Yeah. Oh, oh there know. he goes. There he goes. Did you hear what I said? No. Sorry. Oh, okay. No, it's okay. It's okay. What I said with the the bon me people and the milk tea people were they there last year also? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I did not know they were there last year. You know, you know what it is. Very recent. It started like last year. It's right. very recent. Right. So that's but 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 my point still stands is that this is you know they're developing like a a, a slightly different. I hate to put it this way, a flavor profile for, you know, for the food choices at New York Comic Con. Okay. Yeah. Totally. So, I, go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. So, I said, no, I was just saying, I totally agree. Right. So, you know, I mean, that, you know, the, the vendor thing I understood, I think there's one thing that Matt pointed out to me that I underestimated. And I told him this after my my full day um actually what he told me he told me on thursday evening right we were both at an event that that matt threw um for uh creators and um which was a lot of fun um former guest of the show crystal velasquez was there also um and former guest uh, uh uh bdm as well um what matt told me is that the artist alley this year is probably the best it's ever been, if not close to the best. And I actually got that same feedback from artists in artist alley. When I actually dove in there basically for the entire day on Friday is that, you know, artists who, you know, may have been there once or had been, had never been there. And this was their first year said, look, you know, every artist alley at every other con, including, San Diego pales in comparison to New York and they, you know, they all enjoy coming to New York for the most part. And, you know, uh, especially the ones who had only been there once, uh, you know, let's say there was, a, it was their first time, like Elena Casagrande. She was very, very uh, emphatic about saying this is so such a great experience. It's the biggest artist alley in the world. So, you know, when Matt told me that, I had not actually looked at the Artist Alley section of the website. And I missed a couple of names that I that weren't, like, featured on, like, the front page of the New York Comic Con website. And I had to go home, get some books, and bring them in on uh, Saturday and Sunday to get signed. But it was a great – it was an incredible Artist Alley. What was your Artist Alley like, Matt? Yeah, no, look, it was like you walked around. Like, I got there early Thursday when it just opened, and I was just walking around. That's why I was texting you. I was right. Like, like it, it, 
I think about like who was not there, what name did I not see, right? And they had, you know, names from the seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands, current artists, right? And it was, and they also had writers, right? Which they always have some writers, but I thought the, you know, they always have Scott Snyder. You know, Tom King was there this year, right? Um, um you know, G Willow Wilson, which yes. I was which was great. And, right. This and, is only her second time at New York Comic Con. So it was, you know, there are some of the international guys weren't there. I did notice two other things about Artist Alley. I did notice they, some artists who usually had booths on the main floor, on the show floor, they were in Artist Alley. Interesting. Um, and several people that I can look, you know, I kind of like five or six of them. And I think that was part of the, space issues on the on the main floor um and then i did notice you know i was commenting to you about was the the professionalization i think of some of the booths at artist alley where it felt like some of them were were definitely sponsored Mm. by like a authentication company collectibles company and you know they're all kind of grouped together right um and i i saw that trend a couple years ago i saw that more now yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So, okay, so which I guess kind of brings me to my question, and uh, oh, shout out to Benji Games too, who was in chat. If you're just joining us, we're uh, we're joined with friend of the show Matt Wayne ninety seven and Agent seventy, and here are regaling us with their tales from uh, New York this past weekend's New York Comic Con. So, my question, real quick, because I know you know time time whatnot, wasn't New York already kind of becoming corporate in the past few years? Like, what makes this one? seem uh to be more so than the last five or ten agent 70 (laughs) i i think what matt mentioned earlier about smaller vendors continually continually being kind of squeezed out for Mm -hmm. bigger activations and bigger floor foot uh footprints for some of the, the the big manga publishers, you know, which is something that we noticed like during the COVID comeback, right? You know, the, the comeback from COVID where, you know, we noticed that they were taking up big spaces because one, you know, one, they weren't trying to crowd everyone and two, uh, they probably needed to sell the space. And so they probably got, you know, like that big upfront, you know, the, as soon as you walk in, you run straight into Dragon Ball stuff. Right, toy animation stuff. As soon as you walk in, there's a gigantic Viz Media booth, right? Um, that is, you know, prime real estate for people who are just walking in to the con. And so I figured, you know, New York Comic Con was selling it to them at a discount. But I think more and more now, as as Matt said, you know, as things become more and more uh corporate at least on you know in terms of what's on the show floor period you know it's always going to be partially corporate because the bigger spaces are 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 rented by or 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 are bought out by the bigger uh companies but i think you know we're starting to see more and more that the smaller companies the smaller boots are being squeezed out and i i think it's only been it feels like just a very recent trend right and right. you know these things go ebb, ebb and flow sure and 
I, I, I think the, it just, you know, for, you know, for agent 79, who've been going to the show um, since the beginning, you know, seeing some of the, the, you know, texting some of the vendors who are traditionally there, who've really supported the show for a long time, you know, it, it, it's a bummer, you know, you didn't see your friend on the floor. Right. Right. And, and, you know, we, we knew it was going to happen. Um, and, you know, we're hopeful that, you know, there's a lot of space and, you know, that, uh, they'll, you know, some of our friends will come back, but, you know, I was talking to some other, you know, independent combo companies and, you know, it, it's just gotten harder for them, right. Where, um, you know, their model changed post COVID mm-hmm. and, you know, a lot of combo companies are going more direct to consumer. So, and, and so the, they have to re think about how they use the floor, right. If they're, you know, cause some of these guys are selling, you know, variants are selling to some of their hardcore customers, but who now go directly to them now rather than rather than go to a convention to go buy stuff from them. Right. So it's a mix of both. Like I think the you know the show for reconfiguring as it becomes more quote unquote corporate, but it's also how these companies engage with their customers now. And it's like, you know, are they thinking about the con as someplace to find new readers, right? I was talking to an editor. And, uh, you know, who's, who's also a writer. And he's like, I use the floor now to get right, to get readers, right? Like I'm not trying to sell like hundred dollar mm-hmm. covers because in the long term that's going to be better for me. So right. I think people are rethinking like how much they're spending on this trip. Like before when it was a profit center and now it's sort of like marketing budget. Yeah. All right. Which yeah. Is, yeah, which is the thing you've kind of seen in, in other cons and other like video game cons and whatnot. Because like, yeah, you can go direct to the the, the people you're trying to to uh, get to, as opposed to the end around or what's not. Um, I was going to ask you, what's the biggest thing that, or what's the, I guess, the biggest and or the best thing that you, either one of you uh, caught out on the show on the floor, on the show floor, or just in general? I guess. Listen, I was about to say, if you want to go through all the stuff, like any swag or artists that you saw. Because I've got a long list. I was there all four days, parts of each day. So, and I had a lot of fun, you know, kind of tracking things down. So, and and tracking. Well, before we get into that, then I want to ask a because you could tell. Uh, you know, I was going to say you could tell. I dropped my uh, virtual background because I'm excited to do this. I know. And before you get into that, because uh, you mentioned something um, that I, something else I forgot to ask you about, but you mentioned earlier that you met with the creators of Ghost Machine and Matt. And I don't know if you had talked to any of them about what's going on there, or if you don't, knew anything about that, uh, what, what do you make of any of that? But also, did you, either one of you run across that whole um, the, the, the Tom Hardy signing with uh, that uh, the book he's supposedly doing? No. With, no. Uh, I think, no. Was, it, was, it, was, it, was it on the uh, autograph floor with the incident? I th- well, I don't know about the incident. don't know what the incident is, but probably... I, was I it, wait, wait, are we talking about the incident with the poo? Uh, I might be referring to that. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Now you got to talk about what, what happened. What was that about? I, I wasn't there. I think I think Agent Seventy was there. I was just reading about it. Um, I've read about it. I heard about it. I wasn't there when it happened. <laughs> Apparently, there was a pile of poo that was allegedly human poo in the middle of the autograph area. But it might very well have been a, a service dog or a non-service dog that was let in as a service dog. So it's <laughs> it's unknown. And it's New York, so everyone just steps around it. Sure, 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 sure. Um, so I did, I did, in fact, see the um, the the what's more who's it's the um, the ghost machine folks because I got 
the red coat signed by um, Brian Hitch and and uh, Jeff Johns, and I got the Geiger cover, the Geiger uh, cover signed by most of the creators. And I did, in fact, see um, the the creators. I got them to sign like the giant Ghost Machine promo poster that they that they uh, you know those these are like ex- like con exclusive covers. But um, you know if you if you if you pony up for that right. You get them to sign a giant poster. All the creators sign like their creations for Ghost Machine. So it's hard to see, but you know there are signatures kind of scattered around the poster, right? And it's pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Like it was my first time ever meeting Gary Frank. I had met Jeff Johns before, but it was my first time meeting Gary Frank. So it's pretty cool. And um, I, I think I, I, I totally know I, I'm caught up on who they are. Uh, it was definitely fascinating to read that. Uh, I'm excited for uh, what they're going to do. Uh, and I'll, I'll probably check out some of the books. I, um, I think the, the, the things that were most exciting for me were, were definitely kind of Artist Alley. Yes. Quality of Artist Alley. Um, I, um, you know, I thought the... Uh, you know, walking around uh, the eBay booth was really interesting and, and awesome. I think, uh, you know, uh, um, and um, I think, uh, you know, I, I had a friend who worked, who who's working with Berg Schneider. They're the largest cosplay company in the world. And this was their first time in their Comic-Con. It was the first time they were at a pop culture con. And they have the license to do Dungeons and Dragons cosplay. Con, and they were awesome. So they have them display, you can buy them, you know, all the different classes, ranger, paladin, cleric. Um, and I, I think that was really neat. And they were, you know, I'm not a cosplayer, I'm not a LARPer, but I have a lot of friends who are. And, you know, their stuff is well made and at a, at a very reasonable price compared to like normal cosplay outfits. <laughs> This is this is something for for folks of a certain vintage. But did they have acrobat? Uh, <laughs> they um they didn't have Sheila the acrobat, but um you know they uh, they they didn't have cavalier. Ah, <laughs> pointy shield. That's how I remember that. Mm. Gotcha, gotcha. Pointy okay. shield. Well, Agent Seventy, since you're chopping at the bit, for, I'm for sure digging. You can't you just tell what I'm? I'm just digging out all the crap, not crap, the great stuff I got. But just, uh, go ahead and get into that. Oh my god! Right. So, so you know, like inter and 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 I, Matt, I want you to kind of chime in with some of the creators that you may have seen for the first time because uh, you know you just you dropped a few names and and some of the names that I saw for the very first time. Right. So, uh, first off, I'll lead with. Um, one of the names I saw for the very first time was Takeshi Miyazawa, the artist, co-creator of Mech Cadet U with Greg Pak. I got him to sign um, uh, Mech Cadet U number one. Um, I did buy um, some variants of um, the new Mech Cadet series that he signed. I did not get Greg Pak to sign them because he had stepped away from his booth. And by the time I circled back, it was the end of the con. But I'll have these for when I see him next. He is New York based, so... You know, it's more likely I'll see him before I see Takeshi Miyazawa, right? I did uh, get his sketchbook, right? Which is cool, right? That he had. Not every, you know, very few artists have sketchbooks now. 
right? I remember when sketchbooks were a huge thing. I collected them, right? Mm-hmm. So I got that. I got him to sign with G. Willow the Miss Marvel number one that oh, wow. that they did, right? So, you know, the hip-hop cover and the regular cover. Uh, oh, I got... I told- I told Art Adams about you and not to sell you any more sketchbooks. <laughs> well, I said, my friend, Agent 70, please don't sell him a sketchbook because he always. I got a. Listen, I got a pretty good print from Art Adams. He wasn't there to sign it, though. Right. I hear it came pre-signed. Shiny mm. storm. Look right. at that foil. <laughs> Did you see the New Mutants like wraparound cover? I did. I did. I almost bought. I almost bought the uh, the Uncanny X Men one, the the old school Krakoa one, instead of this. But this is so good. Wait, that's Fear itself, Storm. No, it's um, Guardian Storm. Uh, well, yeah, but didn't that come out of Fear itself? Or I'm no, you got to go all the way back to the Art Adams um, X Men annuals. Okay. So. Um, which we'll call it. So yeah, that's going up on the wall. I got to redecorate my home office. Um, uh, which we'll call it. Uh, give me one second for talk me as our right. So because it was my first time meeting him, we are such big fans of his on the show. I ponied up some dough. I told Matt about this, and he said it was a very reasonable price. I commissioned some original sketch art by him, and I asked. Not and, and Roddy Cat assumed I asked for Kamala Khan. I did not. I asked for one Gwendolyn Stacy Spider Gwen. Ah. Okay. It's pretty cool. Nice. That's really that's really that's really nice. That's pretty for those, cool. Uh, that are not watching the video version, you should. You're missing That's out. pretty cool. So I was very happy with the sketch. You know, Matt and I have been kind of going back and forth like, oh, sketches are too expensive, blah, blah, blah. I think I found like a happy price point for myself. Matt is a baller. I don't ball on Matt's level. Um, so, uh, I, you know, I I, uh, I am a, a, a minor league baller compared to Matt being in the major league. So I will say that, you know, I think I've reached a comfortable price point. So if I see an artist that I like offering comparable prices for something like this, I might bite maybe for one or two during a con, right? Maybe I'm just going to be very judicious and somewhat frugal about my choices, but now I'm more comfortable with this particular price point, right? Because I see the, the quality of the work I got. And I was like, yeah, that's that, that, that works, you know? Mm-hmm. You know who? You know the person you introduced me to. Uh, her quality of work is really high. Oh, sure. you mean Agnes Garbowska, mm-hmm. who painted this for me from Haikyuu. I was about to say you didn't already know her. Yeah, we met her last year. Huh. We met her last year, and 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 she remembered me. She remembered what she what she painted for my niece. I showed her the video, and she was very happy to see it. She she's like, I remember that. That was great. So this is a character from Haikyuu. Um, I was not dressed as anyone from Haikyuu this day. I just, you know, said, uh, you know, please, this is one of my favorite characters from the show, the manager, the female manager. So, um, this is pretty awesome. Did you get anything from Agnes this year, Matt? You know, I got online, um, and there's a, if there's not one person, I, 
I found the line was really short, and then mm. there was one per two people ahead of me, and I, you know, I just had to like I couldn't I couldn't stay. So not yeah. this year, I, you know, but I, I did get something at San Diego Comic Con. Oh, nice! Uh, that, that piece, it was the Ghost Spider and uh, Spinnerella piece. Right, and right. she never did Spinnerella. So she was really excited to do her. I remember that. I remember that. You told it. You showed us that. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's really cool. So, um, you know, another character that I, uh, another creator I had not seen yet prior to this New York Comic Con was Jason Aaron. And I got him to sign the, the Mighty Thor, the Thor God of Thunder, one and two, and the Valkyrie number one. That was great. I had a great conversation. With Jason Aaron. Why, why didn't you this. didn't you bring your scalp number one? No, no, no. I didn't have that. I'm about to ask about Thor's. Yeah, no. I should have brought Thor's. I should have dug that out. I, I, you know, part of me is just like, you know what? You have to pack. You have to. You have to be smart because I'm carrying all this stuff. You know, right now I I am uh, without a whip. You know, no 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 ride. So, um, I'm carrying a lot of this stuff. So I have to be very smart about what I carry. Um. Uh, circling back to some current, relatively recent Ms. Marvel stuff, I got G. Willow and Saladin Ahmed to sign this. You know, they're, they're, they contributed to the Fallen Friend book. Uh, more Ms. Marvel, G. Willow from the first run. Uh, Chip Zdarsky's last issue on Daredevil and his cover on it. So he signed it to me and sketched on it. You know, he and I had a very long conversation about where they, where he left off. You know, it was his idea to leave uh, Matt Murdock in a particular spot, and Saladin Ahmed is doing an excellent job of picking up, uh, picking up the ball from there. And I got him to sign this Daredevil number one. I did not get Frank Miller to sign this alternate cover, though. Um, I did see again. I was telling uh, uh, Roddy Cat this that I got the Hunger and the Dusk. I didn't show it, but this is the uh, the the con variant cover for uh, G Willow Wilson's uh, new creator owned series. Got her to sign that. I did see the Simonsons. I always see the Simonsons. Love seeing the Simonsons. Very sad to hear that they caught COVID at the con, but they are you know they're recuperating right now. And I got him to sign. I got him and Wheezy to sign this issue of Power Pack that I dug up out of my collection. I didn't realize I had it, but they both worked on it. Wheezy wrote it and Walt did the cover. And I got Walt to sign some of the, you know, I mean, he did a long Thor run that I love, right? That I adore. And he signed a lot of it already. And I was very surprised in my collection to see certain issues that he had not yet signed. One of them is, this is like the second in the frog trilogy, right? I got him to sign this. This is, I think, the fourth issue in the Beta Ray Bill story. I got, I finally got him to sign this, and probably one of my favorite Simonson stories of all time. It's something that was referenced in this week's Avengers Inc. number two, the God that's still alone and defended the bridge at Gyalurbrew. I could not believe I did not have this issue signed by Simonson until this con, and when I spoke to him about it, I said. When I read this, it still brings me to tears. And Wheezy said, that's a wonderful thing to say. Mm -hmm. You know? 
So, you know, and he thanked me for that. I was, I could not believe to this point, I had not yet gotten him to sign this one of my favorite comics. I will have to, one day I will ask the question of, um, I, I've only met him, Walt. I've never met Weezy. I want to ask her, because I've asked him. So, you know, I'm a big fan of Power Pack and, you know, June Brinkman and, and Weezy. And they, um, I don't know if you remember in Power Pack, they moved to New York. Right. And the elementary school and the middle school that they attended were real schools because those were my schools. There it is. It was uh, it, uh, it, it was my schools on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, PSA seven, and I is forty four. And as kids, we were we were like shocked. We we're like one, you know, power pack. They're our age, and literally, we'd be like, they go to our school. Mm-hmm. So I, I've always wanted to know if they lived in the neighborhood, which is why they, um, you know, put real schools. Well, they lived in New York City at the time, I think. Yeah, I think that so was before, right? Upper, yeah, upper West Side. Yeah, I know that they moved around New York City a bit. You know, I think at one point they lived in Brooklyn Heights, but you know, before they moved up to Westchester, but um, or to Orange County, but um, but yeah, like I've heard, I've heard them tell stories about where they lived in New York City, but yeah, I'd be happy, you know, I'd be happy to hear their answer um, to that particular question. Um, picking and back Matt, up, I'm sorry, go ahead. I- I was about to say, uh, Matt. I know your uh, your ears was burning when uh, when the news that uh, Weezy and, and June is gonna uh, pick back up power back again. Yeah, yeah. Talking so, about that week that it was announced. Right. Yeah, and um, I had dinner with a friend recently. Um, who knows them? And he he's offered to like next time he's in New York, invite me to their house. I was like. I was like, I'm trying to remind him that he offered that to me. So I haven't figured out the right way to, do, to, to pull right. that trigger. I swear, if you bring me along, they'll be like, we know this guy. <laughs> <laughs> we don't remember his name, but we know this guy. Uh, <laughs> very quickly, I uh, I think I, I, I mentioned this to Radica before, that this is my first time meeting Elena Casagrande, the artist, who uh, really did a bang-up job on, Dare, on Black Widow, that is. And while these are the J. Scott Campbell variants, Elena Casagrande does, does the interiors and she signed this. And she is an incredible person, an incredible artist. And she spoke to me at length about what excites her, about what really drives some of the action and the, the choreography and how, uh, you know, like in her artwork, she gets excited by the scripts. It's the scripts that drive her art. Right. And I'm like, well, your blade work is good, but maybe the scripts could be better because that Black Widow stuff was awesome. You know, so I didn't say that, but that's what I was thinking. Um, I I saw uh, Tom King. Finally, I think I mentioned that earlier. So I got him to sign some vision stuff and uh, Mr. Miracle. So you can see here uh, vision number one signed by Tom King, uh, the Mr. Miracle number one. Signed by Tom King and Mitch Gerard's, but Gerard's, but I got him to sign that like years ago. And, uh, you know, more Tom King here. You can see a signature. It's a very simple signature. And more Tom King here. Uh, I ran into former guest of the show, Sanford Green. And I saved this part because I got some prints from him. And, you know, I got him to sign this 
kind of, uh, you know, two-part gatefold cover, you know, which is an homage to the old-school Ohatmu covers, right? And he, he, you know, he appreciated that, that I brought these particular covers to get him to sign. I got some prints from him. And, you know, Sanford, is, uh, you know, contributed to some stuff for uh, the 50th anniversary of hip-hop and Rock the Bells. And one of the prints that he was selling was specific to that. And that is this for Rock the Bells. Nice. Right? Another print that he did was for, um, you know, one one of the uh, the MCs coming from Queensbridge from Nas. All right? You can see, you know, the Queensborough Bridge and the Queensbridge projects there and Nas. So I got this print. Which is pretty cool. Obviously, you know, uh, you see it's uh, uh, printed with the help of Mass Appeal, which is one of the the uh, the publications and the the publishers and one of the driving forces behind the 50th anniversary of hip hop celebrations. I also picked up. I think this is. I have to find the right size frame for this. this is one of the favorite things I picked up. I saw this online. I saw the image online. For Rakim. This is an incredible print right here. This is incredible by Sanford Green. I cannot wait to frame this. I might bring this to the office and hang this. This is so good. You know, I kind of like leaving it at home, bring, you know, like redecorating my office at home with some fresh stuff. But I really like this. And for the comic people, some Across the Spider-Verse that Sanford Green did. Because I know he did some of the official art for the movie. And the official designs. So um, I think some of this is part of it. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty cool. And, you know, everyone knows I'm a big fan of Mouse Guard. David Peterson was there. Picked up this beautiful print of Mouse Guard. This is going to go up and get framed. You know. And last but not least... It's like I check in with uh, DMC every year. He's at every New York Comic Con. And he remembers me, you know, for whatever reason. He's like, yeah, man, how you doing? Uh, because I, I happened to buy something from him, then left it there. Uh, and came back the next day, and he remembered to put it aside for me. So that's why he remembers me. So, you know, picked up, you know, this poster that he was, this print that he was uh, selling for the 50th anniversary of hip hop. Picked up his kid's book, Daryl's Dream. Probably give this to my niece, you know. And I actually got some shirts from the Marvel booth. I got uh, the Marvel Superhero Secret Wars. It's a little busy, but the you, Marvel you, Superhero... You, you, oh, you, you, uh, you lined up for that. Nice. Uh, there was no line, right? Marvel really? Superhero Secret Yeah, there was no line. There was no line. Oh, wow. our, our, our mutual friend that I was hanging with on Sunday... Um, and I were and, and her family were on, uh, got on the Marvel line and picked up, uh, t-shirts, right? So this is, sure. right. This is a little busy for my tastes, right. In terms of like t-shirts, but because I love secret wars, I'm willing to make an exception. Hmm. Right. And it has like a cool, like anniversary thing on the back too. Right. Okay. And I, I, you know, and I, and I did dive into the anime stuff a little bit, right? The anime and the manga. I got a Goku shirt. 
Yes, he's right. now official, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, no, I have Attack on Titan stuff. I got a lot of Titan. Like, I, I shied away from okay. getting any Attack on Titan shirts. No. Right. And right. I got a right. And I got a Spy Family uh, T-shirt. Nice. So. Oh, cool. Yep. So, yeah, I got, like a like, a ton of stuff. I had a lot of fun this Comic-Con just buying things here and there and supporting the artists that I love and, and admire and respect and, um, you know, just get, you know, like kind of spreading it around, like not buying anything that was like too high price pointy, you know, um, no statues, no like super expensive toys. It was like, you know, here and there just kind of, you know, helping out vendors and helping out creators and like obviously the one big thing was a commission piece um from Takeshi Miyazawa but other than that you know it was really just you know if a of a a creator was charging like 5 or 10 dollars a sig you pay it and you know what you you know you, you know you have like two or three books to get signed you know you're helping them out and it, that that works for me and that that was my that was my con. I think this is like my first con that was like really other than like the increased budget. Um, that this is just a fact of life. Now, this is my first con that was, that really felt like it was even well before pre pandemic, you know? So gotcha. it feels like the con was really bouncing back this year. Like almost in full met- force. I was like, I mean, traffic was crazy on Sunday. It was like it. It felt like the you remember you and I were texting all, yeah, you know, all weekend, and we were you know, and our our you know, and I, um, you know, meet our friend Crystal, mm-hmm. um, and she was texting me, and it was just like it was, it, it, even Thursday, you know, I was there Thursday, and then I was there like late Friday afternoon. It was crazy. Yeah, I ran into you like late. What was it like? Uh, late Friday. Yeah, late Friday. Late Friday, yeah. I ran into I ran into Matt on in Artist Alley. He was on his way out, and I was still in the middle of like keeping my head down and just getting signatures. I was showing him stuff that I had picked up, and it was you know like that was my day in Artist Alley was Friday. And we're, we're talking about how crazy and big the place is, and I yeah, mean, like just bumping people you know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, there there are going to be times when you don't bump into people at all, right? Because they're just hanging out in certain sections of the con that you don't frequent. Like they're in like, you know, like a, like a, you know, one of our, our mutual classmates, um, uh, you know, he brought his family and I, I didn't run into them until Sunday. They only had Sunday passes, but um, they, they tended to stay in a part of the con that I do not frequent that often. Um, but, uh, you know, I made my way down there and ironically, you know what other booth was down there? Robosen. Huh. Did you see, did you see the Robosen booth, Matt? You didn't get to see the, 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 the real life, uh, a recreation of Grimlock. Oh, no, no, wait, are you talking about the, not the life-size one? Not right? the life-size one. No, no, the little toy-size one. Yeah, 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 like the remote no, control one. San Diego. Oh, okay, good. As long as you've seen that, then I'm glad. But I, that was my first time seeing it. I got video. I may post it. But at the end of the day, Roddy, that was a lot of fun. I don't doubt it. 
I don't. That, that was wait, a you, lot of fun. They had a life size. Not a life size. Or, when I say life size, I mean like, like not like not like the little itty bitty handheld yeah. toy, but yeah, like the you know the 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 larger size version. I I, I misspoke. I apologize. Right. You, you talk about you talk about your battle royale cosplay on Sunday. Not battle royale. Hike you. <laughs> Hike you! How dare you? You know, <laughs> it was Hike you, right? So I did show Roddy Cat a photo. I'll probably post it, like, and call it a late post, probably tomorrow, um, and just say, "Look, it's been a crazy week post Comic Con. I'm still recovering. My home office is still recovering. It's a gigantic disaster area, and I'm going to be, you know, redecorating with stuff that I picked up on the walls shortly." Um, you know, as I pick up frames and whatnot and try to figure out, you know, how to rearrange things. But, um, you know, I did not post this hike, you know, this photo that uh, that my buddy um, took of me in my Haikyuu cosplay. But, yeah, it turned out pretty well. It turned out well. Cool. cool. Matt, did you pick up anything? And how much longer do we have before? Um, I stand for, like, probably, like, a couple, like, five, ten more minutes. I... Um, I did, you know, it, it was mainly just like, I, I, you know, as Aiden 70 knows, I, I'm there to like catch up with people and friends, especially who don't live in New York. Um, like I, I was at dinner with, um, with friends last night, um, from the industry and, um, the show, I didn't have a lot of chance, time to like try to like pick up stuff. Um, so, you know, I picked up, uh, Nick, Nick Patera's. Book you might know him. He was the artist on Manhattan Projects, mm-hmm. right. and uh, he had a book he backed on Zoop um, that uh, I picked up. It's beautiful, um, you know, slightly on the gorier side than stuff I get now these days. But it was great, wonderful book, and I loved him on Manhattan Projects. Um, so I'm by Greg Pox uh, booth. Picked up a bunch of stuff yes. um, from him. I love supporting. I love supporting him. Um, Oh, he gave me a free. I was about to say he gave me like a free thing that he like a comic he did for um, the city of New York. But go on, Matt. Oh yeah, no, that's awesome. And is he still in Brooklyn? He's a Brooklyn guy. Ah, right? uh, he's in the five boroughs. I I want to say he lives in the Bronx, actually. Oh, okay. But he's definitely then, in the five boroughs. Then um, and then I you know art I I you know my girls are a big fan of Art Balthazar, so I picked up a bunch of stuff from him and he did some nice sketches. So, um, so that, that was kind of stuff I picked up, you know, I, I, um, uh, there's some stuff in the Marvel booth. I, I you know, I really wanted to swim. Agent 70, who, who had all the X-Men stuff that was that heroes and villains. Yes. That was heroes and villains. They had a specific, uh, X-Men booth, which was really nice. You know, they had some nice t-shirts. They had a letterman's jacket that uh my buddy malcolm and i when we saw it we were like we'd actually wear that now (laughs) you know it was like an x-men letterman's jacket it was pretty cool yeah that was heroes and villains yeah yeah i got stuff i won a raffle from them last year i bought some D stuff from them last year so you know it it, it was a beautiful booth and they they, their stuff looked great their quality is really good yes i might order something from their site later um but yeah, no, you know, I, I was just, I was just really there to like catch up with people. Didn't really um, pick up anything. I, I, you know, took a lot of pictures. Um, you know, I brought my family on Sunday, and they took a lot of pictures. 
with people they just love the costumes and Sunday's a great day you know I, I think agents only pointed that out to me a couple of years ago it's a great kids day uh Sunday morning the floor is not that crowded and there are a lot of kids in costumes and you know they had dog man out um you know people in turtles outfits all the cosplayers were were wonderful to take pictures with nice nice yeah yeah. Did you pick up anything that was in that poster tube? I saw you carrying on a poster tube. Did you get anything cool? Um, no, no, that was my lightsaber. Oh, I apologize. Oh, what'd you get? No, I, I, I picked up a lightsaber in Disney World. So, yeah, what'd you get? Oh, I that? got um, Go. um, the uh, I got the. The piece handle, um, so it's, and then it's um, I got I, you know, people a lot of people wanted purple and red. I went with green. Of course. Okay. Did you see the um, the High Republic ones that they were? Um, I guess I don't know if they're just starting to to put those out there or. or not. Yeah, mine looks High Republicy when you see oh. it. Okay. Sweet. Sweet. Uh, cool. Well, that sounds like it was a, a good uh, New York Comic Con once again. Um, let us, uh, while we still have Matt a little bit, uh, let's blow into some news real quick. Don't have much cinematic, but we got some uh, got some uh, stuff from the Comic Con. Maybe you want to chime in on if he wants to. Sure, so. let's go. Oh, let's get into the news. Into Turn the up. news. Something I got to show uh, Agent 70 for later. Y'all didn't see that. Um, and also, wow, I got to fix the shot while I talk about the first thing, which is uh, cinematic news. Invincible Season 2 trailer uh, has uh, Mark struggling with his father's legacy as he faces new threats. I have not watched this trailer. Um, in fact, I hadn't watched that uh, that Adam Eve thing that was uh, that was out there. Actually, there was another Adam piece of Adam Eve, uh, uh, piece of Invincible news that I totally forgot to put in, but that's fine. Um, but yeah, that's shortly coming and there's a new trailer coming out, which, uh, that's going to, uh, the second season is going to be on November 3rd. And, uh, I hear people kind of really liking that trailer. I don't know if either one of you saw it. Have not yet. You, Matt? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm super excited. Oh, super nice. Excited. Did you watch the Adam yeah. Eve? Um, uh, what is that? Like yeah. a miniseries? No, 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 it was one. It was oh, it was a one. It was a one-off. Oh, okay. I did not watch that. Yeah, I need to watch that. It is. It is. I think some of the best, uh, some of the highest quality animation out there. Voice acting is great. You know, if you're a fan of the book, you'll love this. And if you're not a fan, you'll you'll still love it. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. All right. Uh, next up. So before Matthew Vaughn earns critical acclaim for rebooting the X-Men movie franchise with 2011's X-Men First Class, he was courted to replace Brian Singer as the director of 2006's X-Men The Last Stand. So apparently, Vaughn reveal, Matthew Vaughn re- recently revealed at New York Comic Con via Screen Rant 
that he rejected the offer to direct the sequel, X-Men The Last Stand, after discovering a studio executive's plan to deceive Halle Berry into reprising her role as Storm. So one of the main reasons he quit X-Men number three, and this is a true story, Vaughn said, was that he went to an executive's office and saw an X3 script. It was a lot fatter. He asked, what is this draft? They were like, don't worry about it. So he grabbed it and opened the first page and it said, Africa, kids dying from no water and storm creates a thunderstorm to save all these children. And apparently that script was bogus. And so we quit soon after. Yeah, this is some recent news that just came out. I was like, huh, I, I feel like I can't be surprised that something like this would happen. But also that's weird timing that this would come out. Right. So. Yeah. Basically, uh, the story is that the executive said once once Hallie signs on because of the script, they'll throw it into the bin. And that sucks. Yeah. And so did X-Men 3. Oh! oh! <laughs> there it is. Y'all know it's true. Rob Liefeld teams up with Deadpool stunt co- co- coordinator for Bloodstrike Proof of Concept trailer. Oh, Lord. Yeah, moving right along. <laughs> get into the anime corner into the anime corner Transmute. yes it's it's battle of the planets so um kaiju number eight anime is set to stream on crunchyroll in april 2024 there was a lot of kaiju number eight stuff at new york comic-con there was a lot of it so, um, Kaiju number eight, the monster anime series coming from production IG, who did Psychopaths and Haikyuu, is officially headed to Crunchyroll, both subbed and dubbed in April 2024. That's good news. Yeah. So, I talked about this last week, and I'm just bringing this up here. Uh, I know you, y'all may have seen it on the floor, probably heard about it, the, uh, the new Dragon Ball project, which is uh, uh, Dragon Ball Daima, which is basically going back into the Dragon Ball well with not only Goku as a kid, but pretty much everybody else. But I think this seems like they're retelling the Dragon Ball story with everybody, or is it Dragon Ball Z with everybody being kids? Yeah, Z. Yeah, it would be Z. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, that's a weird thing to end. Toriyama's on board. So I was like, okay, that's a, I mean, naturally at that point, but um, like, that's a weird thing to do, but also anniversary stuff. So I guess that, yeah. that was the reason. Yeah, it's the 40th anniversary of the manga, not the anime, because we ain't that old. Right. I mean, we're old, but we ain't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we ain't that old. So, all right. So, we're going to transition. We're going to transition into the anime, the manga corner? Every time he does that, I have to I have to turn my head to see if I can still find my goddamn box out of that. But <laughs> it'll happen. Um, I, unfortunately, guys, I I, I need to go. tap on. But okay. uh, it's really it's really it's 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 really good to see you guys. Of and, course, uh, not a problem, dude. I'll yeah, see you tomorrow. I literally I'm literally going to see you tomorrow. Oh no, two days. No, no today's Friday. It's Friday. It's twelve eighteen a.m. So tomorrow. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 okay. We crossed into Friday already. I will see you tomorrow. 
We'll we'll definitely have you back on so we can get your takes on some of the stuff and what you've been reading and everything about that. But as as always, it is is great having you on there, uh, sir. Yes, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you soon. It's always a pleasure to be on. Take it easy. Have a good one. Peace. Peace. All right. So he jumped off just in time for the manga corner. Take it away. Um... Hey, there's more manga coming in summer 2024, including uh, Naruto spinoffs, more Juji Ito, and other stuff. Uh, so, yeah, this is a, a um, thing from Crunchyroll highlighting uh, some of their summer 2024 manga outings, including, wait, looks like they're uh, reissuing My Neighbor Totoro. Oh, no kidding. From, yep. And um, says. A repackage Hakyu. Yes! <laughs> Which I knew would get uh, Agent Stephanie. <laughs> uh, and some other stuff, including, let's see, some more, some, uh, see, some, some, some spy family stuff, and some other stuff that I'm not too familiar with. Right. But those are the, looks like, uh, oh, Dead, a Deadpool Samurai getting a coloring book, uh, and some Disney stuff, and some Star Wars stuff. Uh, so yes, right. oh, Star Wars Visions to be to be uh, specific. It looks right. like they're doing a uh, manga anthology. Right. So uh, I will oh, I will mention something, uh, okay. a particular booth, right? So the Shueisha mm. app, the Manga Plus app, right? Yes, had an incredible activation, right? Because they're trying to get people to do you know to subscribe to Shueisha. You know, direct. You know, to, to you know, the direct publisher of some of these manga, as opposed right. to going to Shonen Jump, right? And my buddy Malcolm and I are trying to figure it out. You know, whether or not because he 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 subscribes to Shonen Jump, and I you know obviously I, I I've been hemming and hawing, uh, for months, right? You know, for the better the part the better part of a year, right? It's on the record. It's online, right? And now we've got Shueisha, and if there's one thing in Shueisha's favor. Is that they had the best looking booth staff. They had some incredible, incredible looking women working in the booth. Is this that's a mic uh, drop? That's a mic drop right there, folks. <laughs> Shout out to Shueisha because both Malcolm and I noticed that right away. Yeah, you know they know how to pull them in. So they're doing something. They were doing something for their Manga Plus app, or they were, or they had another app. No, for the Manga Plus app, because okay. if you so, if you downloaded it, you got like a a button, and because uh, I I have it, it's it's somewhere, you know. But um, but yeah, it was it was it was because uh, I'm looking at it now on my iPad Pro, and it's you know I had to download it to my phone because it's not like I was carrying my iPad with me, but right. because it downloads to 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 my devices, it's on my iPad Pro. And, uh, you know, I'm like, ah, so it's, you know, because it has all the stuff I want to read, right? Mm -hmm. Like it has, you know, Dragon Ball Super, it has Haikyuu, it has, you know, so I'm like, so which one do I subscribe to, you know? Right, which is the issue with all with uh, all these different ones because some of them, they some of them double dip and then some of them are like, well, okay, I'm going to get this one over here or vice versa, whatever the case may be, or, you know. Whatever comes there. So it is a kind of a minefield. Yeah. It's a little tough right now trying to figure it out. Like, where, you know, where do I dive in, you know? For newer people, because I'm pretty sure the people who have been already been in the, in the shit for a while, 
Right. <laughs> kind of they got that settled out for themselves. Right. So, All right. Next up, though, we're getting into comic book corner. Oh, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, I was about to say no. We didn't do the the manga thing. So, wait, did you do the Jujutsu Kaisen story? Oh, yeah. oh wait, did I skip that one? Yeah, yeah. I was about to say we didn't do any of these stories yet. Wait, what did I miss then? I was we, just talking we, about I was just talking about the Shueisha because it just came up because of manga. Oh wait, uh, which which um which which um which uh sheet are you on? Oh, I'm on the wrong sheet. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I apologize. I was on last week's sheet. I was on last week's yeah. sheet because I was looking at it for last week's news for a second. I apologize, folks. No, um, good. so, uh, so you did the Naruto spinoff? Yes. You did that one already? Yeah. So now we're into, uh, comic book news. Okay. Comic book news. <laughs> so blood hunt Marvel comics next crossover event has been revealed. So this is, this was revealed at Marvel's the next big thing panel. And this is the big Marvel major crossover event in spring 2024. Basically, it's uh, Jed McKay and Pepe Larraz and Marte Gracia throwing the world, the the Marvel uh, publishing universe into the deep end with vampires. Although we got a slice of that, no pun intended, in this this week's Miles Morales uh, uh, Spider-Man number 11, I I suspect, is probably teasing out uh, going into this, which I didn't think about until I saw this uh, article. Right. So, which, he's not writing any of that, but still... um, yeah. Regardless. So yeah, so this is the the next event after after uh, Gang War, uh, vampires. Uh, and if you're watching the video version, you can see all most of, the, of uh, if not all of the people involved, uh, uh, in, including Miles Morales, uh, Spider Man, Blade. Looks like Tigra, Doctor Strange, probably naturally, Sam Wilson, uh, Black Panther, and the Vision and Thor. And Scarlet Witch, to name a few, right. uh, that is on this cover. And the tagline is, who will bite it? Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> Says, quote, uh, there's a quote here. We have, vampi- <laughs> we have vampires in our books all the time. There's some bad blood there, McKay, Jed McKay says. What happens if the shoe is on the other foot? We got the Avengers, Moon Knight's uh, Midnight Mission, Doctor Strange, Miles Morales, and of course Blade. And there's going to be more vampires than you can shake a stick at. Yeah, I mean, they've been building for a while, right? Mm-hmm. It kind of went away a little bit because, you know, Blade stopped being like an active Avenger, but it was being highlighted, you know, the the, the, the vampire nation at Chernobyl. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. Well, you know, th- there's probably some stuff coming out of that. We've seen some vampire stuff in the pages of Moon Knight as well. So but that Jed right. McKay's writing. So. Right. So. All Next, right. like I said, this week's uh, uh, Miles Morales uh, definitely kind of feel like this is probably teasing in a little bit of this. Also, next up though, all right. Uh, wait, so you did the Scarlet Witch story? Uh, no. I'm, oh, that's I'm, you. I'm not, okay. Yeah, because yeah, these these Marvel articles have somehow given me a, a load screen. I mean, a, a sign-in screen for some dumb reason. Interesting. So, 
Yeah, weird. So there's a new uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver comic book that was announced during uh, no- uh, November in New York Comic Con. So it is going to be the the writer of the current Scarlet Witch book, which I guess that would make sense why Quicksilver uh, has been popping in and out uh, lately, including this week's issue. Um, so yeah, Steve Orlando. Let's see, see. Oh, it says, oh, it's a four-issue limited series, which that kind of harkens back to the the, the earlier days of uh, Scarlet Witch getting a book. Um, four-issue limited series marks an exciting evolution for Orlando's hit run on Scarlet Witch, according to this article. Uh, let's see. Orlando adds Pietro to the mix, which is his brother, and they didn't have to recast him. Uh, with a new chapter in the twins' storied legacy, which means, please don't tell me they're going to rewrite their history again. They're going to recon their history again. Um, but uh, Orlando will be joined by Scarlet Witch artist Lorenzo Tometa and superstar artist Russell Dodderman, who I'm guessing is doing covers, to, will re- uh, return to grace the series with spellbinding covers. Like I just said, haha, called it. Uh, that is going to be due to their 60th anniversary of uh, the two characters, and this is going to go on sale um, Valentine's Day, February 14th. Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Catch it. Next up. All right. So uh, Marvel Comics revealed a, its new Ultimate Universe. So spinning out of Ultimate Universe number one this coming upcoming month, um, Hickman and Marco Cacchetto are doing Ultimate Spider-Man. Brian Hill, former guest of the show, and Stefano Caselli are doing Ultimate Black Panther. And Peach Pomoko is doing Ultimate X-Men. That's interesting stuff. These three new series will launch in 2024 as part uh, part of Marvel's new Ultimate line. That's interesting. Yeah, I talked about a little, uh, or at least teased a little bit of this last week. Um, So, congrats to shout out to Brian Hill. Uh, for that because i saw i think the reason why i came across this is when i saw him tweeting about it uh i forgot what he said but it was it was a, an amusing caption mm-hmm. so cool yeah uh the black panther there's never been a uh, ultimate black panther book so that's this is the first for this thing uh still trying to parse out that whole this whole universe thing because now that i think about it did i no i did read that last um that um that ultimate uh miniseries that just ended uh, and I'm like, okay, I see where it kind of starts stuff to back up, but to what end? Don't know. Anyway, well, I guess we'll find out whenever that first book comes out, uh, which I think is, wait, is the first book Spidey again? Or is it Ultimate Universe? Ultimate Universe. Yeah, Ultimate Universe is the first book. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ultimate Universe so, comes out first. It's going to come out yeah. this year, and then the new series will the, the various new series will launch in 2024. Right. No, it's man, not that 2024 is all that far away anymore. It very much is not. It'll, it'll be here for me for you know. Yeah, Ultimate Universe is the is the Hickman book, which you was the one over that um thing, and we'll talk more about that when we get closer to that uh, in a couple of weeks, actually. Uh, next up, though, get ready for the fiercest claw claws over of the Sim Tree. In Infinity Pause. Yeah, so it's a Marvel Unlimited um, uh, Infinity comic that is coming. And if the title that I just mentioned doesn't give you any kind of uh, any, any kind of uh, you know thought to what it's going to be, 
there is an Infinity Gauntlet uh, in paw shaped, and we got the Marvel animals uh, involved. Which I wonder if it's uh, if it's peeking out of um, that um, Unleashed book that is uh, going on right now. Which um, I'm kind of curious about that. But it says here that um, uh, Jason Liu, it looks like, is going to be the writer and colorist now. Fuji, uh, who I guess was on Marvel Now, uh, is going to be heading up this book, which features Jeff Landshark, Chewie, which is uh, uh, um, Carol Danvers, uh, Flurkin, Alligator Loki, and Lucky the Pizza Dog. All in a book. So... If that one that's going on right now wasn't enough for you, hey, uh, folks, we got another one coming. Next up. Uh, the beginning of the end of the X-Men's revolutionary Krakoan age was revealed at Marvel's Next Big Thing panel at New York Comic Con. So C.B. Sabolsky, Jerry Duggan, and X-Men Red writer Al Ewing shared shocking details about the pair of intertwined series that will close out Mutant Kind's current era this January Fall of the House of X and Rise of the Powers of X, or Powers of Ten, um, as well as one of the tie-in series spinning out of these events, the resurrection of, spoiler alert, Magneto. Yeah, and I feel like we'll probably see in Shades of that in Scarlet Witch book, um, If, but I could be wrong about how that's playing out. Or I might be right. I don't know. It feels a little too convenient. And yeah, I think I talked a little bit about the reservation of uh, Magneto stuff last week. But yeah, it's more to that. Um, we have a panel for, well, this is an article talking about the amazing, the, the gang war panel uh, that was from uh, New York Comic Con. And that is talking about the titles that are coming out uh, uh, starting in January. And the article kind of goes through that with covers and whatnot. Pardon? Oh, no, I'm good. I was just oh, moving okay. some stuff around. Sorry. I should have muted no, no. myself. No, you're good. You're good. And also, I'm, I'm hearing myself dumb for some reason. Uh, what is that? Okay. It's gone now. Anywho, um, but yeah, I'm just flipping through the covers and uh, uh, with the, you can check out the article uh, for yourself, if you want to see more on that. Next up. All righty. Uh, from New York Comic Con 2023, a new look. Oh, sorry. I was uh, muted. I was muted. Um, New York 20. Well, New York. Stuttering too. Your, your uh, video was stuttering too. So. Yeah. Should be all right now. Okay, go ahead. Oh, interesting. I don't know what just happened. Oh, probably because there's something leaning on my keyboard. Look at that. Oh, there it is. So we get a new look at the Avengers Twilight Court Super Team. So this is the um this is the uh uh a tease, I guess, from the Avengers Assemble panel. So this is a super team known as the Twilight Court. Little is known about them, though it's fairly obvious they'll be fighting the Avengers soon. They'll be appearing in Avengers number 9 and 10, and solicitations were released for these two issues. Interesting. So, you know, at the end of the day, this new Avengers run is all about introducing new foes for uh, the Avengers to fight and establishing a new ship, basically, for them, a new base for them to operate from. 
I read, I, I did catch up and read last week's issue of Avengers today. Mm-hmm. Yes. I feel like the, that I talked about last week, but I feel like the X-Factor stuff still stands. Yeah. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, everything that was announced at the Women of Marvel panel, um, including um, It's Jeff 25 and Marvel's Voices Loki Presents. But also, I believe there is going to be an anthology called The, the Women of Marvel, uh, written by, yes, uh, written by Gail Simone and others to be announced with the cover by Carmen Carnero, which is going to go on sale on February 2024. Um Yes, yeah, it says here that the, the anthology will feature uh, special stories by writers, including Gail Simone, and the uh, covers by Carmen Carnero. So, uh, the Loki, uh, um, the, the the Loki, uh, in uh, Infinity <laughs> uh, book is called "The By Fast and Furious." Oh my goodness. At least that's the first one. And of course, and I say of course, uh, because now that now I'm seeing who's writing it, it makes total sense. Carla Pacheco. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that was, yeah. With art by Roberta uh, in Granada and uh, other stuff that, uh, that is in this. So, cool. Next up. Right. So the link that you have for this story is different from what pops up at the oh, Marvel site. The Marvel's Voices Legends celebrates Black History Month with Misty Knight, Patriot, and more. So the article that comes up is actually about a Black Widow, about Black Widow embracing her symbiote powers in oh. Dare to Thunderbolts number one. Yeah, that think that was an issue uh, uh, with um, with something I was on when I was putting the book in. Don't gonna I have to find that link again. But go ahead and do that Black Widow one while I try to figure that one out. Yeah. So bottom line is Derek Chu has a variant cover um, for Thunderbolts number one which emphasizes um, Natasha Romanov's new capabilities with her symbiote suit because she has bonded with an all-new symbiote. Yeah, going into that new Thunderbolts book that is uh, is going on. Right. Which I think, I guess, came out of that that Venom stuff. Yep, Venom. Yeah, which again, neither one of us is reading because I can care. Ah, ah, yeah. Well, we can't read everything, folks. We try, but we read a lot. So, sure, that too. But let's yeah, be honest. No. Neither one of us keeps about that. Let's let's keep it. Let's keep it a book. All right, here we go. Um, I'll now do that uh, black history thing since I just found the links to it. Uh, God damn it! Wait, you just did it again. What the hell? What is going on? It must I be just, on Marvel side. No, no, I I just put the link in from Marvel from Marvel. Uh, like I here we go. I'll just pull that over. Marvel Voices Legends uh, celebrates Black History Month with Misty Knight, Patriot, and more. So yeah, um, it's there's a new book called Marvel Voices Voices Legends that's going to go on sale January thirty first. Of course, in time for Black History Month. Uh, some of the writers involved. Um, are David F. Walker, Justina Ireland, um, uh, let's see, Ezra Clayton Daniels, uh, Sean Damien Hill, Michael and Michael. Wait, no, that's not a writer. But yeah, that's just some of the names involved with uh, with the uh, stories in this here th- book. So cool. And the cover is being done by Kanan White. You can see it uh, here if you're watching the video version. 
Uh, and it's a nice looking cover. So I have to check that out. Next up. Uh, live action Harrison Dula gets a very lifelike Hot Toys figure. Uh, perfect that you got that one. Yeah. Pretty cool. So, yeah, I, I saw this uh, lifelike figure. It's pretty good. The likeness <laughs> to uh, one um, uh, Elizabeth, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead was, was, was pretty cool. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's, it, it, it's a nice. Yes, I can absolutely attest to this. And there is, in fact, the uh, the right um, angles provided in the preview pictures. And of course, since it's a hot toys hot toys joint, it's two hundred seventy five bucks according to this article, or around about. Yes, yes, but you know they're gonna give one for free to her. I would hope. I would think so. I would hope so. I yeah. would hope so. I am scrolling through the the pictures really quickly, so you can check it out for yourself. Obviously, with hot toys, they're very detailed. Hence the reason why they cost so much money. Uh, part of the reason why they cost much uh, so much money. So there you go. I don't know if that chopper comes with it, but uh, yeah, I guess so. Because it's a good chopper. Well, maybe not. I don't know. I don't see that. But there's a couple of pictures here mm-hmm. with uh, with chopper, but I don't see anything listed about that. That would be an interesting uh, addition. If they right. made that like a, uh, uh, you know, made her the character that they sold it with. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I don't see that, but um, okay. But yeah, you can check that out from the article in the show notes. Next up, though. Uh, no, Godzilla. I, I was about to say no. We're just gonna keep lingering on the on, on the pictures of Harrison <laughs> Dula. I don't know what what the hurry is, but anyway, go on, carry on. oh boy you're so silly uh wait did i pull that one i think i did i'm sure so oh actually something i was going to ask you about that if you saw anything about um but i'll get to that in a minute uh godzilla day offerings include special merch toys and more so godzilla day is coming up uh next month and to be a fact november 3rd uh, and it says here to to commemorate the 69th and uh, annual celebration of the iconic franchise. I wasn't me. No, I was on my end. I yeah, know. I was going to say, that's a Windows sound. I'm on a Mac. Yeah. I don't know what caused that, though. But, anywho. Um, Toho International announces uh, the Godzilla Day lineup of activities and merch. And, uh, of course, beginning with ticket sales for uh, Godzilla Minus One, which is coming up in December. Crazy! Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, I was gonna say, wait, is that wait, wait? When is uh? So December first. Now I'm gonna make sure to check my schedule to make sure I can catch that at some point. We we probably won't have to worry about movie protocol because Roddy Cat won't be going to that. So I'll probably just make my own time to go to that. Um. So wait. Okay. No. Okay. I, I wanted to confirm. It was like because I didn't know if the, that December first was the Japanese showing or the U.S. No, that's the U.S. showing. US. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I don't know. I am interested in it, but uh, yeah, I don't know if I I'm, if I'm gonna go because I didn't go to see uh, Shin Kamen Kamen Rider either. But. Mm-hmm. 
uh, or or Shin Godzilla for that matter, even right. though I wanted to. Right. I know. I definitely uh, saw Shin Godzilla in the theater. So, I mean, I'll yeah. see this. It may not be opening night, but I'm definitely going to go catch it. Yeah, and it, re- uh, it reiterates the um, the reshowing of Godzilla 2000, which we already talked about. Uh, right. It's going to be on the first and. Uh, See, Shop Factory is doing some. Oh, okay. Shop Factory. There we go. Shop Factory is uh, redoing the, the Godzilla marathon that it did on their Twitch channel, um, and that included uh, John Carpenter and goes through the four films just like it did the last time. Uh, and it's like there's going to be some Super Seven and U2's stuff uh, as merch, like a Godzilla mug, a Mothra plush, and some other stuff. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to head over to the Kinokuniya uh, store that's close to my office in Manhattan, and I guess they're going to have some new Godzilla merch on uh, November 3rd as well, uh, reading right. further down in this article. So that's exciting stuff. Yeah, Mondo's doing some stuff. Funko, of course, doing some mm. stuff. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, merch all the way around. Next up. Next up, so some DC news from New York Comic Con. DC announces announced the return of Elseworlds in 2024. So, um, that is, of course, we know the uh, former line of DC Comics that told their version, but much more in-depth versions of what-if stories. So, they revealed upcoming comic book titles, Gotham by Gaslight, The Kryptonian Age, Batman the Barbarian, Green Lantern, Dark, with more to come. Scheduled to publish in 2024, DC's new Elseworlds lineup will also include sequels to best-selling series Dark Knights of Steel and DC vs. Vampires. DC DC's original Elseworlds line was established way back, way back in 1991 with the release of Batman Holy Terror. So guess what, folks? Unbelievable. Kingdom Come also came out as which I kind of which I referenced when I talked about um uh Batman Superman from this week. That's right. That's right. And uh Batman and Dracula Red Rain. But yeah, I guess Superman Red Sun, Kingdom Come, and uh you know, were, were like kind of like the big ones. You know, mm-hmm. and, and Batman um uh, which we'll call it uh, Gotham by Gaslight, right? Because they made a movie out of that one. Yeah, yeah, I think we had Red Sun, and I think we had Kingdom Come on the list. If we were going to continue to do um, Treasure Edition, yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, and we never got. A- yeah, I mean, yeah, we we were we're overwhelmed with new material right now. But yeah, if we ever have to make some uh, evergreen stuff, that uh, mm-hmm. that that's on the list. So the last thing I'll say about this is like, I, you know what? Some of the stuff that have, that's been currently going on feel like Elseworlds stuff. So I was like, I didn't think that it was gone. Mm-hmm. Like that Batman Superman book kind of feels like an Elseworlds book at, at, at times, uh, given some of the language. But hey, it is what it sure. is. Sure. Next. Oh, oh, glad. Great, you got this one. No, I had the Elseworlds. Did you? Oh, okay. Rats. Oh no. Uh, so Jason Todd lives, folks. Basically, they're reprint, they're they're reprinting the uh, the issue of uh, Batman four twenty eight that uh, that killed off uh, that originally killed off Jason Todd. Except for it's going to have the uh, the unreleased uh, the unreleased version that wasn't voted on voted voted on 
aka the version where he lived. Mm-hmm. So after 35 years, it's still about because it kind of has been talked about. So I guess, um, I guess that's just, they're just going to do that. They're not going to like continue a story with that. And it's going to it's going to be called the Batman 428 Fall Simile Edition, which they have been doing those uh, facsimile editions of certain stuff for some time now. Right. Uh, this is going to go on sale the December 12th. So if you wanted to see and you didn't already know how that played off from from when if uh, Jason Todd lived, which I feel like has kind of had been done, uh, you can pick that up. Next up. Last but not least, folks, we're wrapping up our, our basically our two-week coverage of New York Comic Con. Dynamite Entertainment will publish a line of comics based on Warner Brothers Discovery animated series starting next year, including Thundercats, Flintstones, Powerpuff Girls, and more. So that'll be in 2024, and it will be a new line of comics from Dynamite Entertainment. And uh, it's going to start with a brand new Thundercats title from writer... Not artist, but writer Declan Shalvey, artist Drew Moss, and letterer Jeff Eckleberry. Thundercats will launch in February to be followed by comics based on properties, including, as I said earlier, The Flintstones, The Powerpuff Girls, Space Ghost, Johnny Quest, The Wizard of Oz, We Bear Bears, and more yet to be announced. Pretty cool. So I talked about this last week. So this is so yeah, so so anybody who listened to last week's episode is like, why is he repeat this? Because one one Agent Seventy wasn't here, and I wanted to bring that up too. But also, if Matt was still around, I wanted to bring it up to him for these because I wanted to get his get your, get his thoughts on on this stuff. Which he I think he kind of yeah he mentioned it quickly yeah yeah a little earlier. So um yeah, and also as I mentioned last week, all of this stuff is what are one of brothers properties that's the part that kind of kind of messed with me for a second but i know it's a licensing deal mm-hmm. um but it's still kind of messed with me it's like wait all of these are Warner brothers which again that's a dc you know Warner brothers dc <laughs> right, right so right, when, right. I, when i originally read it i was like that's messed messing me up but hey you know including space close and johnny quest which again had actually been uh they had that uh Future State line or whatever it was, not Future State, but whatever they call that uh, that Hanna Barbera thing they did a few years back, which was pretty good that I read. So, yeah, I've been looking into some of this for certain. And with that, um, H seventy, did you have anything from last week that you wanted to kind of uh, address? No, anything? No, I'm good. I'm good. You know, I I I joke. I made a joke about uh, 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 Avengers. Um, in terms of the news, not really. You know, I can hold off on this toy fair thing. We've been, I mean, the the, the toy corner thing. You know, we've been going on for a while now. Um, okay. We actually need to do two ads because we didn't do one yet. So to close the true. show, we will do two ads. But yeah, it's um. Listen, we've had two shows that covered New York Comic Con. We had one guest and my own experiences, and as you can see, I definitely, uh, uh, you know. Uh, had a very varied experience at New York Comic Con this year. Didn't just do Artist Alley. Definitely did some shopping. Definitely did some cosplaying. You know, interestingly enough, you know, showed up as uh, uh, Daichi uh, Sawamura Daichi on Sunday uh, from Haikyuu, and it was a lot of fun. I will be posting that likely within the next forty-eight hours. So look forward to that, folks. 
Indeed. Uh, first and last ad reads. Yes. Yeah, so our first ad read of the night is for Funko. Fun at first sight. It's your home for exclusive collectibles such as their world famous pop vinyl bobbleheads, <coughs> apparel including t-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise such as custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funko through cspn.us. Do it today. Ah, it's too bad I I put a cough in there. Otherwise, we'd be able to can that one and use that one for future ad reads. Let's see if I can get a sip of water in. What's that? So now we're going to do those proper. Don't worry. So I appreciate you thinking about it, though. (laughs) I'm going to get a sip of water in anyway because I need it because we've been talking for a while. Our last ad read of the night is for... Amazon, please help us keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, Marvel Legends, or random volleyball equipment. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment... That helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. All right, folks. As I send Agent 70 a couple of, uh, a couple of items of note uh, in the background, we'd like to thank each and every one of you all for coming out. Appreciate it. It's a little late show for those watching it on the video version, but you know, hey, we appreciate you being here. We appreciate Matt, uh, Matt, uh, Matt Wang ninety seven being here. As Thank always. you, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Shout out to at Matt Wang ninety seven. Always busy, always running. He's the hardest working man in in the field that he's doing. We're not going to talk about what that man does because yep. I actually don't fully know. But <laughs> it is. It contains multitudes. I'll put it that way. It contains multitudes. That part I do know. Yeah, that part I absolutely know. So, and with that, folks, uh, you can find me at Rydercat on Twitter. You can find me at Newsons Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. Threads! Uh, PC underscore Dirt on, on Twitter. Popcorn on Twitter. Popcorn Network.com. And all those umbrella sites there in. Good. I knew that was going to happen. Uh, and Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. Um, uh, CB Cron, excuse me, which is the, the uh, uh, Combo Chronicles Twitter account. Uh, the Click Nation on Twitter. That's T-H-E-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N, all one word. The, the ClickNation.com. But also over at ComicBook.com, where he's over there writing his face off under Timothy Adams. <laughs> Pretty sure he's been busy this past week if he's uh, back on the beat. Right. So uh, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcast Network at CSPN.us. Do it today. 
Uh, you can also find us on your podcast, Proof the Place of Choice. This and probably last week's, which probably come are coming in quick succession, uh, on uh, your podcast, Proof the Place of Choice, which is the uh, Google Play aka, or uh, Apple Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to hit like, subscribe, and leave us all the positive five-star reviews. It really does matter on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Uh, you can also find us, of course, recording mostly every Thursday night. And why does this shirt look blue when it's black? I do not know. But regardless, um, I don't know. Look at this, the strangest things in my mind. Um, Twitch.tv slash Combo Chronicles and YouTube.com slash, uh, uh, YouTube.com slash The Nation. Also, was where we record mostly every Thursday night, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time, uh, <clears throat> which, of course, uh, with the changes, we will talk about at a later date. Uh, and with that, party people, we are out of here. We will be back next week. Uh, this has been the Comic Book Chronicles. Peace. Peace one. We're good now, boy, boy. 